New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hey everyone, welcome to Naturally Savvy Radio. I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com. My beautiful co-host Lisa Davis is away today, but she'll be back next time. We have a very special treat for you today. Ellen Tad, an internationally renowned clairvoyant and author of The Infinite View, is here to share some of her wisdom that she's been teaching for more than 40 years. So Ellen, I'm excited to have you on the show today. Welcome to Naturally Savvy Radio. Thank you. It's it's good to be here with you, and I'm, I'm thrilled to have this opportunity. All right, so before we start, I'd love you to just tell people what you do and also explain and define what does a clairvoyant mean? Well, actually, the, um, the term clairvoyant means clear vision, and it can mean different things to different people. Um, there's what I call inner vision and outer vision. Inner vision is when you see pictures in your mind's eye. I mean, we all have memory, and in our memory, we can see imagery in our mind's eye. Um, but with inner clairvoyance, pictures can present themselves like a movie. Uh, outer clairvoyance is seeing vision externally and also um, being able to see faster-moving vibration, like the aura or the chakras. Um, an etheric being, because my experience and my understanding is, you know, we're spirit temporarily on the earth, and that when I die, my physical body will drop and my etheric body will walk away, and it looks just like my physical body, but it's a faster-moving energy. So with clairvoyance, there's also the ability to see this faster-moving vibration. Uh, I learned when I was a child that I had experiences that were um, unusual in relationship to the people around me because I was seeing faces in the dark and energy and light around people, and I didn't know what was happening to me and felt somewhat frightened. My father was a Mm -hmm. physicist and thought I had a vivid Mm -hmm. imagination, and uh, so it was kind of scary because I didn't have someone who understood. And... um, And what brought me into my work was my mother came back and talked to me after she died. And Mm -hmm. after that, I really began to understand that my sensitivity was a gift instead of a problem. Hmm. It sure is a huge gift. I'm so interested in the spiritual world and in the world you're talking about. uh, Is it esoteric? Is that how you would describe that spiritual world? Um, Well, I guess I tend to use the word etheric. Etheric, um, okay. Etheric or energetic realm rather okay. than a physical realm. Okay. So tell us a little bit how you help people. Obviously, you've got an amazing website, ellentad.com. You've written a new book. What is it that, how is it that you help people on their spiritual path? Well, mostly I've worked uh, in an individual capacity, working as a clairvoyant counselor or as a teacher. And uh, as a clairvoyant counselor, I'm first most interested in fundamental questions, such as, who are you? Why have you incarnated? What are you here learning and offering? And I believe in reincarnation, and I've had memories of my own past lives, and I have visions of the past lives of others. So I really trace... um, 
through a number of past lives looking for patterns, for strengths and weaknesses. I see life in the material world as our school, and there's a profound order, even though things may appear chaotic. And so in an initial session, I look at this overview, and then um, I'm particularly interested in facilitating direct experience. I don't want people to believe me. I want people to have their own experiences. So I do teach meditation. I -hmm. teach uh, deep focus. The activation of deep focus or the third eye chakra is key for any uh, clairvoyant experiences. And, you know, just like if we took piano lessons, everyone would learn. Some would excel and could give concerts and others would just enjoy making music in their home. Well, everyone can expand their perception. And we've been taught how to perceive through our educational system. But when I teach people to meditate and to focus deeply, people start having experiences of this spiritual realm. Hmm. I remember years ago, my mom, my mom introduced me to the whole spiritual world. And I remember she took us to see a past life regressionist. This was, I was probably early teens. I can't even remember how old I was. And I remember having an experience where I had this vivid vision of something that occurred. And at the time, I didn't really understand it because I was a teenager. And I guess, you know, at the time, I just, it just didn't, I didn't understand it. But I look back at it today. And I was, I'm amazed at how much we could learn about, you know, from our past lives. And it, it's hard for us to, for some of us to even comprehend it, because and I'd love you to explain about, you know, reincarnation and we come back and I've heard a lot that we come back with similar people, right? That we come into contact with. So for example, let's say a parent in this lifetime might've been a sibling or a good friend in a past lifetime. I'd love you to explain that because you touched upon reincarnation, but maybe we could, you can go into a little bit more detail about it. Yes. Well, the term I use is a soul family, that Mm -hmm. we do have certain past life history with a group of people, and so we incarnate uh, in a variety of different uh, forms and formats. In my book, The Infinite View, my new book, I tell the story of watching my son incarnate. I met him in in his etheric form, and then from the top of his head and the bottom of his feet, the etheric form dissolved, and then a beam of white light entered into the baby in, in me, you know, and then in Mm. two hours he was born and it was Mm. very dramatic and very clear. And I ended up feeling this is what everyone goes through. We all go from a very expanded realm into a very limited body, very humbling to be a baby and have to learn everything anew. Mm. So I see very clearly that there's life before birth, as well as life after death. And so life in the material world is a, is a temporary experience for our consciousness. And I see that our past life stories help to understand why we are born into the family we're born into, why we have certain talents, certain fears, certain aspirations. I find that understanding our past life story really helps to understand the question why why are things as they are? And, you know, at the beginning of my book, I, I uh, talk about my mother who had a severe case of MS. And when she came back and talked to me, she said that she had chosen a life of difficulty to learn compassion for those who suffer. 
And she mm-hmm. said, no matter how things appear, if you look deeply, you'll see there's always reasons. And the reasons become clear through understanding the past life stories. Hmm. You know, you talked about, you know, your mother choosing to live the life that she lived. So you, and you talked about your son being born and choosing you. Talk a little bit about how we choose the families that we're born into. Well, you know, some people say we choose our families. I, I see it as more complex than that. Think about a, you know, a kindergartner doesn't usually choose their lesson plan, but a graduate student does. So mm-hmm. we, we vary in our awareness and our capacity. And so in some cases, we're guided towards a specific family and circumstance that brings up our learning, sets us mm-hmm. up to grow. And in other cases, we're very much a part of that choosing process. It really, it really is an individual case. Each, each person has a variety of aspect of choice. I actually have a chapter uh, in my book on the relationship between destiny and choice. And to me, it's the most interesting question of all. And, um, and we don't all have the same amount of destiny and choice. So, um, so you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to make a broad generalization, although there are certain patterns and themes that are consistent. So do you help people go back and, rel- or, and see or be able to access their past lives, or do you tell them about it, or you see that vision? How does that work when you're working one-on-one with clients? Well, I learned when I was 19, my mother came back and talked to me, and I learned very quickly after that that when I look into a person's hand, it activates my ability to read that person's mm. soul. There's a term for mm. it I learned a decade later called hand scrying or reading the soul through the hand. And so I, I basically um, share what I see. But when I have students who study with me for a period of time, I teach them how to see and to, how to access their own memories through Hmm. Um, tools, techniques, and, and meditation. Hmm. Now let's talk a little bit about your book. I know you've mentioned it. So what inspired you to write your book? I know you've, you've written three books to date. You've written Death and Letting Go, and you've ri- written about the wisdom of the chakra. So now in the infinite view, talk a little bit about what the inspiration was behind you writing this, this third book. Um, well, about 30 years ago, I began teaching a course. And this course, really was uh, given to me um, by my guides and teachers in the spiritual world. And what I basically said to them is, I meet people who espouse spiritual principles, but their lives don't work very well, and I really am most interested in integration. How do we integrate spiritual awareness into our practical, everyday life? And they helped me create a course, and it was a 23-week course, and um, and then after I taught it, people didn't want to stop. So I then started an ongoing class as well as another beginning class and and did that, you know, for many years. Now I teach in Boston in once a month format. But um, this book, The Infinite View, has the fundamental teachings from my guide and from that course that developed. And actually, I wanted to get it published um, quite a long time ago, but my guides and teachers in the spiritual world says, said to me that it was not the right time, and so they always 
held back the opportunity of getting it published until now. And I think now is the right time because the things that I'm talking about um, are not so far out as they used to be. There's a, there's a wider interest, and um, this book is moving more into mainstream. And so its, it's timing, I think, was, was really important. So for those who are listening today and they, you know, they're hearing you speak and they know that you've written this amazing book, what could you say to them that would inspire them to buy the book? How could this book help them by, you know, after listening to this interview, what do you think they, would, they could take away from your book? Well, it's very practical. Um, people who've taken my courses, um, they find that they're able to have direct spiritual connection. They feel that um, their lives have deeper meaning and purpose, and they're able to navigate the complexity better instead of getting overwhelmed. You know, we're living at a challenging time. We have a lot of global problems. I was looking at your website, and I love what you're doing, and just navigating which food we can eat and which food we Mm -hmm. can't eat, you know? Um, there's so much wisdom that we need to navigate a world of confusion. And my guides have given me, and I in turn others, um, wonderful tools and a philosophy of life that, that I think can sustain us even in the midst of challenging times. Hmm. I love that, Elle. I love that. You know, you know, one of the things that I find interesting, too, is that you know, for people who are listening and you talk a lot about your guides now, I'm today, I'm actually going to see my healer, my spiritual healer, and we work with my guides all the time. And she's always telling me who my guides are. And I'd love you to maybe just take a second and explain in what your definition of your guide is, because we all have guides around us. But how could somebody who, let's say, maybe doesn't, maybe doesn't have that same connection to their guides, how could they I guess, how could they understand that their guides are around them, that we're always being guided and we always have angels and, you know, we're part of this bigger universe? What kind of help can you give them to be able to see that? Well, I also wrote a little book called The Wisdom of the Chakras. And in that book, I talk about the energy centers that are in the aura and the crown chakra at the top of the head, which is the golden halo in religious pictures. This is the center that is the bridge from the material to the spiritual dimension. And when this center is opened, then we can access our guides. When this center is closed, we can't. It's the, it's the door to the spiritual world. And my guides actually say depression is a closed crown chakra. When the aura is mm-hmm. depressed, we feel isolated, cut off, um, contracted, unhappy. When this chakra is expanded and opened, we feel glad to be alive, we feel expanded, we feel a sense of connection, whether we're alone or in a crowd. So when someone's crown is opened, then everyone has access. I like to tell the story of my father, who was a theoretical physicist, and he told me once that when he would start a research project, he would lie in bed, listen to classical music, and just wait. And then ideas would be given to him, and then he'd go to the library and research them. Mm-hmm. And the ideas were being given to him by his guide. But mm-hmm. he kind of intuitively figured out the formula. 
which is first you need inspiration to open the crown. And for him, it was classical music. For someone else, it may be a view or something they've read or watching a child play. But the crown opens with inspiration and trust. And then once it's opened, then guidance can get through. Sometimes people get a great idea in the shower, but it's not really their idea. It's being given to them, and the water flowing over their head feels so good. It opens the crown chakra, and then they receive their insights. That is amazing. You know what? As you're talking about that, I never heard it explained like that. That's, I always say that I, whenever I do hot yoga, because I guess you're, you're doing you're a lot of head bending and you're doing a lot of, I guess, opening up of all your chakras, I always get my best ideas in my hot yoga classes. And I know they're not my ideas. I know it's inspiration because it's always that one inspiration. I guess for me, hot yoga is my inspiration. Like you were saying, like your dad was classical music. I always, I always okay. say to myself, how come my, my ideas always come to me during my hot yoga class? I just need to be doing it all the time. <laughs> but that's great. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. And then I always tell people, make a list of what inspires you and use that list as a tool to access spiritual connection. Hmm. I love that. So in terms of your, your book itself, it's a, The Infinite View, it's available on Amazon and all the different websites and then in bookstores as well? Yes, it is. And because it's time was now, it's, uh, it's published by Penguin Random House, so a big publisher. Nice. And so it's available where books are sold. That's amazing. Well, congratulations on all the books that you've written and this new book. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners before we end today's interview? That focus and concentration is equal to power. Um, many people live their life focused in the gut or focused in the heart, and I see that this is not wise. Um, the solar plexus or the gut is the center of emotion. The heart is the center of love. But the third eye in the middle of the forehead, which is activated through focus and concentration, is the center of clarity. And in sports, they call it the zone where you get deeply focused and then you're, you actualize your best. And so the process of learning to strengthen the skill of focus and concentration is key for good decision-making and key for navigating our complicated world. So get out of the gut. Don't follow the heart. Let the wisdom of the third eye guide the love of the heart and inform the emotions of the gut. I love that you just mentioned the third eye. And I was going to ask you what the difference was between the crown chakra and the third eye. Now, the third eye is also like now, you know what's interesting? You're saying all about timing, Ellen, and how now is such a great time for your book. Let's talk about unicorns and how unicorns, I remember as a little girl loving unicorns. I had unicorn stickers. I had a whole unicorn collection. I must have been six, seven, <laughs> eight years old. And now unicorns are so cool again. Like they're so in fashion. And I've got two little girls that, you know, love unicorns as well. But I love that because the unicorn isn't that really that it's coming from the third eye? Explain a little bit about the unicorns to those who are listening, because I find this super fascinating. Well, I don't know a lot about unicorns, but when I think about them, I think about how they seem like such a symbolic image of, of the third eye, uh, mm -hmm. because, of course, unicorns have a horn that comes out of the middle of the forehead. And um, I always say to people, when you open two eyes, open three. Because mm -hmm. the two physical eyes give you the physical world and focus and concentration out of the forehead gives you the spiritual perspective. And when you put the three together, you have integration. 
and an integrated awareness of being both spirit and human. And that awareness changes what our priorities are. I love it. And I was given a great mantra by the woman that I see, and you're talking about solar plexus. And she said, my intuition is now aligned with my solar plexus. My solar plexus is where my wisdom and intuition is housed. And always just being known in that knowing state of, you know, having that power through your solar plexus and knowing that that's where your intuition is and trusting your intuition, right? I think that's important. Well, too. you might, you might want to give her a book of, give her my uh, wisdom of the chakra book, because I don't quite agree with her, and it would be interesting how she would feel about it in comparison to what I'm writing, because it's, it's a different view, actually. So I will. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's so great, too, though, to get different opinions and to hear what different spiritual healers have to say. So, yeah, no, I definitely, I'll, I'll get it for her, and I'll, and I'll let you know what she says. I will look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> All right, so Ellen, let's let, let everybody know where they could find out more information from you, your website, and how they could follow you on social media if they want to learn more and if they want to buy your book. Um, well, my website is simple. It's ellentadd.com, and um, I, I do have, uh, I am on Facebook and Twitter, and, um, and my book is available on Amazon and also um, uh, Barnes and Nobles and where books are sold. And I think fundamentally, um, I want to emphasize that we're more than we've been taught we are, and life is more than we've been taught it is. And and my book, um, you know, it's really from the teachings of my guides. And because I come from an academic background, when I learned that I had the ability to converse with beings in the spiritual world, I wanted to talk to the philosophers. I wanted to talk to the people who really understood about the meaning of life and and wasn't so interested in giving messages from relatives because I wanted these deeper questions to be answered. So, um, so this book talks about my story and how it all evolved for me over the last 40 years and then um, how I've taught others what I've learned. Hmm. Thank you, Ellen. I appreciate you for, I appreciate you for being on our show today. Thank you so much, and uh, I, uh, I'm glad to have this opportunity to share. I really appreciate the forum. Thank you. My pleasure. And I want to give a big thank you to Goddess Garden for sponsoring today's show. It's summer, almost summer, spring, summer, sun is shining, and we need to put on that sunscreen. And when you do put on your sunscreen, please make sure that it is chemical-free, toxin-free. We don't want to put any chemicals on our body because we absorb 60% of what we put on our skin. So thank you, Goddess Garden, for making Naturally Savvy Radio a possibility this month. We're very grateful. And you can learn more at goddessgarden.com. I'm Andrea Donsky, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Radio MD, and at Health Media Gal One. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay well.